my name is Elizabeth Anderson, and I am in the fifth grade. I recently participated in virtual vacation Bible school with First Presbyterian Church, and we learned how Jesus' power pulls us through hard things, makes us bold, and helps us to be good friends. Our scripture passage this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. This was the Bible story that we learned on the last day of VBS. It is all about the early church was united by the power of the Holy Spirit and how we as a church are called to continue to have fellowship with one another and love one another as Christ has loved us. I invite you to turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 42, verses 47 in your Bibles and listen as I read the passage aloud. Hear the word of the Lord. And they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching the fellowship to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received the food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day of those who were being saved. Now, please join me in the response printed on the screens. All flesh is grass, and all its glory like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. to have you all here with us today. Thank you for Elizabeth, our fifth grader, to read our passage for us. My name is Becky Pritchard. I'm one of the associate pastors on staff here. I am blessed to bring the word of God to you today. And before we do that, let us, um, let's go to the, war, lo, the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So as Elizabeth mentioned a few moments ago, FPC held its annual VBS, Vacation Bible School, just a few weeks ago. This year, as you can imagine, things looked very, very different. Instead of almost 300 children and volunteers packed into this, this room through the hallways, running up and down the, the stairs, um, their parents and, their, and the children were invited to engage online virtually, which we all love virtual learning, right? Um, but we encourage people in their homes and their neighborhoods to get together and to, and to study and to worship and to experience VBS. Although we were very apprehensive about how this would go, lots of unknowns, we've never done this before, uh, we, we didn't know if it would work, if the kids would engage it, if they'd be totally bored and ignore the whole thing. Um, it was amazing. We were astounded at the power of the Holy Spirit to work through VBS, to draw our kids and families together, even virtually, if you can believe it, as they worshiped and learned about God's power. Rosalind Miller is our ministry director of children and their families. She and her team did an amazing job coming up with creative ideas to engage the kids, which we all know is not super, super easy. Um, engaging them to teach them about God's love and grace, they, along with the media team of FPC, put together a great virtual experience. It grabbed their attention and it powered families to worship together and to learn together. Thank you to Rosalind and her team for all of their hard work on that. 
The theme for VBS this year was about how Jesus' power pulls us through. Each day, the kids learned about Jesus' power, how his power helps us do hard things. That was the first day. Very applicable in the time of a pandemic, right? How Jesus' power helps to make us bold, gives us hope, gives us eternal life. On the final day, the kids learned about how Jesus' power helps us to be good friends. That when we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're called to share that truth with those around us. That is how we can be good friends to others, sharing the love of Christ with everyone. So today, the passage that Elizabeth just read that we're going to look at in Acts gives us a glimpse of the early church a glimpse of the way that the church acted. It described, Luke describes this early church. And we see how the Holy Spirit worked in and through people and continues to work in and through people to bring everyone together as a family of faith. So keep your Bibles open. If you're at home, please open your Bibles, grab your phones, whatever it is, find this passage in Acts chapter 2 as we continue to look deeper into the passage. Also, I said this at the first service, and I've already gotten lots of emails. Um, if, if you're a child, if you're in the room with us and you're a kid, grab a pencil and start marking down how many times I say the word fellowship. Now, there's a, there's, a num there's a number, a perfect number, so you need to listen very carefully, and you're not going to have enough fingers to count them. So go ahead and grab your pen. Adults, you're welcome to participate too. Several from the early service already have, so we'll see if you can track with how many times I say the word fellowship. If you've never heard that word before, today you're going to get a, a larger understanding of the word fellowship. I've already said it like seven times, I think. So um, we'll see how this goes. So this passage in Acts picks up right after Peter's sermon on, on Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon thousands of people, and people were saved, turned as followers of Christ. Some have called this particular part of the passage that we read today the final miracle of Pentecost, which is the birth of the church. The church had already been in existence in a sense, but the birth of the new church with the Holy Spirit as its guide. The first miracle was the transformation of people's hearts, the, this, the powerful, awe-filled transformation by the Holy Spirit. The second is this fact that a bunch of diverse people came together and had all things in common, together in oneness with others. That's a miracle in itself. Normally, when we're in community together as broken, sinful people— we often experience some division, some strife, maybe some brokenness and disunity. It's because of our nature as humans. We're always looking out for number one, for ourselves. We're very selfish humans. We can't always live in harmonious, beautiful, close relationships because we're fundamentally selfish. So this description of the early church really is surprising to us that it can be called miraculous because Luke describes the people of, as having all things in common. That seems impossible, right? I mean, especially as we think about our world today, divided and polarized, whether it's about whether to wear masks or not, whatever our political season brings us, we're constantly divided to have all things in common. When was the last time you sat in a room of a group of people and everybody had everything in common? In our house, we can't even decide how to load the dishwasher correctly. There's one right way, and then there's all the other wrong ways, right? But let alone having all the big things in common, we are a people that are different and diverse. 
But in Christ, when we're living in Christ, filled with the Spirit of God, we are set free and we become one. One with him and one with each other. When we're transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, it says in Romans 12, we will not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, the patterns of division and polarization and strife, no longer conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds, drawn together, united in Christ's love, to unselfishly come together as God's people, working together for the kingdom of God. So before we look at the qualities of this early church described by Luke in this passage, I want to make sure to note that this church was not perfect. It's not the ideal perfect church. They were messy humans, and they were living messy lives, but they, were still, te- they still teach us about some of the main things that churches do to bring glory to God. We can see broadly how we are called to be spirit-filled Christ followers in community together. We can, what can we learn from the early church here? What can we learn of, of these qualities of the church? So first, first Luke begins with an emphasis on the fact that the people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This was teaching of those who knew Jesus Christ who'd seen what had happened with Jesus. They focused on learning more and growing deeper in their knowledge and understanding of the gospel of Christ. How he lived and taught and died and was resurrected from the grave. What? For our salvation, for the sins of the world, they were devoted. Note that. They didn't just look at their Bibles every once in a while or learn here and there. They were devoted to this type of learning. They learned, they knew that what they needed to learn in order to be able to teach others. If you've ever taught anybody something, you realize, I really got to learn this a little differently in order to teach somebody else about this news, about this word, about this scripture, whatever it might be. So as soon as they were filled with the Spirit, they set out to learn all about the teachings of the apostles. They had come off this miraculous experience at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit filled their hearts and minds in a powerful way. It was a mountaintop experience. But instead of seeking after that same emotional high, wanting that same feeling every single time they met together, they turned and devoted themselves to the steady teaching of the apostles. It's not as exciting maybe, as that emotional moment when the Holy Spirit filled the room, but they devoted themselves. Theologian John Stott said, the Spirit of God leads the people of God to submit to the Word of God. That is the Spirit's doing to draw us closer to follow that Scripture. As, as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they wanted to learn more and grow more, taking that mountaintop experience and being filled with the Spirit to dive deeper and be thoroughly rooted in Scripture and teaching. It's really important for us to remember in our own lives. We might have had a mountaintop experience at VBS. My daughter did. She's three and a half. She's still singing the songs every single day. But that powerful moment and that fun and the songs and the games, whether you went on a retreat or a mission trip or just had a great spirit-filled worship service in this room on a Sunday morning, we often get back to normal life and the emotion fades 
and we're winds let out of our sails, we get back into our lives and we sort of forget about those moments. It's easy to move on. But when we come off of those experiences and we dig into Scripture, when we're grounded in the truth of the words found there, we learn and grow and we are transformed by the power of the Spirit. So the second attribute of the church was that the people loved to be together. They loved to be together. They wanted to be with one another. It was a fellowship church, and they were fellowship people. The Holy Spirit has produced koinonia, the Greek word for having all things in common. Koinonia, fellowship, community, sharing. Fellowship is such a church word, right? Growing up, this was called the fellowship hall. I mean, I know it's called Westminster Hall, but let's go get cookies in the fellowship hall. Outsiders, people that haven't been around church a whole lot are like, what is fellowship? Such a strange word. But it's a very powerful subject for us as followers of Christ. We as humans are created for relationships. Relationships with one another and relationships with God. We read in Genesis 2 that it was not good for Adam to be alone. And so God created Eve as a partner, community, togetherness. God is a God of relationships. We know that in his being, God is Father, Son, and Spirit. Trinity, a relationship in himself. God created us so that he could have relationship with us. We messed that up in the fall. We turned away from God. But God had a plan to renew that relationship, to rebuild that relationship with his people, and that is why he sent Christ to die for us so that we might be in right relationship with God. We need relationship for survival. We thrive on being together. Even those who love their alone time and who like to be at home alone still need fellowship and connection, especially during this time of COVID, right? That's been the hardest thing about this whole thing is that we've been alone, that we can't engage in the same fellowship that we're used to, especially in the church. It's been so long. We're so used to sharing life together. That's how we were created. So it's, it's one thing to come back to church and sit six feet apart and wear your mask and be ushered out right at the end of service and not being able to talk or hug or share a cookie or a cup of coffee We're aching for fellowship. We're left feeling frustrated and empty. How do we connect with one another? What might God be teaching us through this time of separation in the pandemic? If fellowship is a vital part of the church, then how can we enjoy that even when we're safe, safely distanced from one another? Because it's having things in common right? We don't necessarily have to be giving huge hugs to know that we are in fellowship with one another. It was for the early church, right? These folks were incredibly diverse. They looked different. They spoke different. They had different languages, but yet they came together and had all things in common in Christ Jesus. They didn't they didn't always get to be together at all the times, but they found that they could share life together, they, they were sharing so much that they even came together, put all their goods together. It wasn't what's mine is yours, or what's yours is yours and mine is mine. It's what mine is yours. Let's bring it all together. Let's sell it so that we can help out other people that need something. Talk about commonality. Talk about coming together, not looking out for number one, but looking out for one another. As I reflect on our VBS week, 
Like I said, it was very different. I missed being able to give, give kids hugs and filling this room with singing and jumping and dancing. I was afraid that that feeling of fellowship would be gone, that individual kids watching the TV would feel disjointed and alone, that it would lack unity. But through the week, as pictures were being sent in to Miss Rosalind of kids playing the games with shaving cream and cheese balls all over their faces with their siblings or their parents when they were singing songs or doing the dances in their own homes, I felt an overwhelming sense of fellowship. We were unified in Christ through the Holy Spirit. Yes, it was different. That's okay. God worked even in the difference. It was real and it was life-giving. Kids were learning the same things, eating the same things, singing the same songs, and maybe enjoying fellowship in a new way with their moms and dads and brothers and sisters or their neighbors who don't come to FPC. We had lots of parents say, I didn't realize how fun VBS is. It's like, yeah, next year, come volunteer with us. Seriously, these the families engaging in a new way, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's fellowship, having everything in common because of Christ. We are not left to our own devices to figure out how to make this type of community happen. If we were, it would all fall apart because we know that we're broken. But this happens through the Holy Spirit. If we're up to us, it'd be divided. We would have nothing in common. We wouldn't be generous. We would hold tight out of a feeling of scarcity. Don't touch my stuff. But God brings us together, and in Christ we have all things in common. When we repent, when we recognize our selfishness, our pride, our jealousy of others, when we repent of those sins and turn away from them, turning towards God, when we follow Christ, we're filled with the Holy Spirit and transformed by the power of the Spirit through God's Word, we can truly enjoy fellowship. Fellowship. See, I just said it twice. You guys got to be marking your sheets because this is a lot. The third aspect of the church is that it was a worshiping church. In verse 42, it says that they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then again, look down in verse 46. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. This includes both the formal worship in the temple, the formal practice of communion, practicing the Lord's Supper, the formal practice of corporate prayer, but also the informal worship, the informal worship that hap happened around living rooms and dinner tables and in people's homes. And it says day by day. Daily, daily they were worshiping and praising. They were joyful and reverent, filled with awe by the Spirit. There was a healthy balance of both formal and informal worship. They learned how to give thanks and praise to God in their everyday acts of life. They knew they needed to pray. They knew they needed to worship together because they relied on the strength and power of God to lead them. They were nurtured through worship so that they could go out to the world and share it with others. We, as a church, have had to learn during this pandemic how to worship differently than what we're used to. I found for myself during COVID the unique ways in which I found to worship God. Unable to come to the church building for so many weeks, I discovered some great places to worship in my everyday life that I've often overlooked and just rushed right past whether it's out by the jasmine in my backyard listening to the morning doves, on a walk with our 10-month-old through the neighborhood as I pass by sidewalk chalk messages of neighbors writing, Jesus loves you, 
the smiles and dances of my precious children as they watched worship on the TV screen. Or even just around the dinner table, giving thanks for the food that God gave us on our table, knowing that the grocery stores were empty at the time, thankful for each meal that we were given, giving thanks and praise and worship to the giver of all life. Those are opportunities to worship. These informal moments were incredibly impactful to me. And even though I longed greatly to be back in formal worship, in formal fellowship with other believers in the church, I was grateful for the opportunity to creatively explore the areas where God meets us in our everyday lives. Deuteronomy 6, the Shema, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In Deuteronomy 6, the, the, Israel, the, the people of Israel were instructed to talk of the Shema when they sat in their house, when they walked by the way, when they lie down, when they rise. Put it on as a, a sign on their hands, on a front line between their eyes. Don't forget this message. This is part of your worship in obedience to God. They were to share it with their children and anyone they saw. Reciting this Shema daily, hourly as an act of worship, not just at 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning in church, but all week, every day. This is a great challenge for us. We're really good at separating our church life and our regular life, our sacred and our secular. But with God, it's all intermixed. God is over all of it. We remember that God is with us and revealing himself to us through our every single day lives. We turn and worship him. So the fourth and final element of the church that Luke describes here is that the church was an evangelistic church. It not only learned the scriptures, loving Christ. It not only shared life together in fellowship, loving one another. It not only worshiped together as they loved Christ, it did not stop there. They also loved the city and the nation and the people around them. All those first three aspects, learning and fellowshipping and worshiping, they're all interior aspects of the church. That's what happens sometimes inside these walls for people that already know about Jesus and already know what fellowship means, right? But this last one, this, this idea of witnessing to the world is the part that when these doors open and we walk out of here, that we are called to live differently, to show others what's happening inside the walls. The early church was sure to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people who didn't already know it. Pay close attention to verse 47. It says, and the Lord, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It doesn't say that Peter added to their number day by day those who were being saved, or the elders and the leadership added to their number, or any human being added to their number day by day those who were being saved. No, it was the Lord. The Lord was adding to their number those who were being saved. The Lord uses his people to bring others to him. Do we believe that? Do we believe that the Lord is using all of us? That this is happening daily, not just once a week on Sundays, but daily? That this faith is contagious, that it can spread to many more? 
Now, I know that the word contagious is a bad word right now. We want to we want to make sure the virus doesn't continue to spread, and we don't want to share our germs. But the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ Jesus, is the opposite. We want it to spread. We're called to share with the world. It's not just a one-time thing on Easter or Christmas. This is not a once-a-year thing. It's a daily thing. Let's be super spreaders of the gospel of Christ. But don't forget to wash your hands and wear your masks, right? But of the gospel of Christ, we see here that those who were being saved weren't just saved and left on their own. Good luck. Have a good life. We'll see you later. Those who were being saved were connected into the life of the church, in fellowship and community. Once they believe in Jesus, once they believe that he lived and died and rose again for their sins, they were connected to the church, not expected to walk the journey of faith alone, but together. Fellowship, teaching, worship, sharing. The last day of VBS, the kids learned that Jesus' power helps them to be good friends. This is not just how to be nice to your friend sitting next to you or virtually sitting next to you in class. Be not just sharing your toys with somebody. What it means is that Jesus works through them to love the people around them. Jesus has the power to do that. He takes ordinary people like you and me takes ordinary people like the children who learned about Jesus a few weeks ago in VBS, no matter the age, to share his love with the world. We don't just sit back passively and say, well, the Lord's going to do it, so we'll just wait and see. No, God is calling us to use us. He will give us the strength, the power to love others when we feel like, I'm nobody. I can't do that. I'm too shy. I, I don't, ah. Being a good friend is loving others the way that Jesus loves us. It's a natural outgrowth of the praise of God, inviting people to the party, contagious faith. We can't wait for others to experience what we've experienced, the love and the grace, the free salvation that we have in Christ. So at the nine o'clock service today, the women of the church were installed into their roles as leaders they were prayed over and they were set out to lead the fellowship opportunities for the women of the church. Those who are unfamiliar with the women of the church, um, it's a great representation. It's sort of like a small subset, like a microcosm of what the church looks like on the whole. These women are practicing all the things taught in the early church. They study together every month. They meet and they study scripture they learn and grow and continue to grow as God's people. They love each other in fellowship. They gather around. They share meals together. They visit one another in the hospital. They pray over each other. They worship together. They come and they both formally and informally give praise to our God who unites them together. And then they invite people to the table. They invite new people to join in on the love and joy of Christ in the fellowship of faith. This is a great picture of the way we are called to live together as the church. They're exemplifying God's call to learn, to love, to worship, and to witness. And this is only because of the power of Christ working in and through us. Not so that we can boast and say, Yahoo, first prez, we do it really well, but so that we can point others 
to God. People say, well, why is it so fun there? What does everybody love about fellowship, cookies and coffee? It's not because anything we're doing, it's because of God working in and through us to love one another. So as we go from here today, as you leave here, let us remember that we are called to be a fellowship people. When it gets hard and we get in tight spots, we don't want to do it. Even in the midst of a pandemic, though, we're called to be fellowship people. Let's look for opportunities to connect with others, even if it is virtually. God uses those means to connect us. Let's look for opportunities to continue to learn and grow deeper in God's word. If you've had a mountaintop experience, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you feel on top of the world, now's the time to dive deeper into scripture. Join a Bible study. Go deeper into what God is saying in his word. Let's look for opportunities to worship in unique and creative ways. If you are not, if you're worshiping from home, you're doing it. You're worshiping in a unique way. It's weird, but you're worshiping our Lord. That's what our worship is for, giving glory to God. If you're here, you're doing it. Walking in your neighborhood, whatever it might be, look for those creative new ways. And let's look for opportunities to invite people in. Sharing God's love and truth, being light bearers in the world of Christ's light and love to those who have never experienced it. And for those who are new with us today, whether you walked into this building for the first time and have never stepped foot at First Pres, if you found us online and you're just discovering what it means to worship online with a worshiping community like First Pres, we want to know who you are. If you have questions, who is this Jesus? Why are they talking about fellowship? I don't get it. Call us, email us, find us after the service. We want to walk with you. We want to connect you. This is not an insulated group of believers. This is an open evangelistic tent, as Bob Fuller always says, ready to receive anyone who wants to come and be a part of it. So as we go from here, let us remember that God has called us to be fellowship people through the power of his spirit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, for your grace, for your spirit that gives us life and breath and brings us together in unique ways. We pray that we would be able to turn from our sin, from our expectations, from whatever we hold as humans, and turn towards you. Help us to learn more about your word. Help us to love and fellowship with one another well. Help us to worship you, bringing glory and honor to your name. And help us to share your love with the world. Thank you for the opportunity to share your love. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.